0: Everybody needs to go out right now, buy yourself an expensive pack of cotton candy grapes. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of And The Winner Is. We are your hosts. I'm Joey.
1: And I'm Jen. And this is a podcast about things we like.
0: And today's episode is all about insects.
1: I'm really excited for this episode. I haven't gotten this excited like while I was researching in a pretty long time. I will say. What? Yeah. This one was really, really fun. I was like a little meh on it at first, but then like as I got into it, I I hit a stride and I Mm. hit a theme.
0: Okay. And so... You like bugs.
1: Yeah. There's a lot of storytelling in this one. Oh my gosh. A lot of folklore, a lot of facts.
0: Folklore? You're going to have to carry this one.
1: Yeah. Well, I plan to. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) What's new? Oh. I'm kidding. shots (laughs) fired episode 96 we're getting really close to 100 it's a a big big moment for us so do you want to go first
0: well i'm you've got so much to say emma i think you should go first
1: okay i can i can do that um so what i have done here (laughs) is i have my top five and what i decided to do instead of the typical like this is why i like it i have like uh, stories and folklore and like magical qualities yeah, fun. of each, so I think I think it'll be fun. So my number five is fireflies. Do you have fireflies on your list? I
0: do. That's my number four.
1: Oh, okay. Well, uh, do you want to say anything first?
0: That's I. You know what? I didn't write any notes for fireflies, <laughs> or I wrote actually I wrote lightning bugs. Okay, um, same thing. But interchangeable. The reason I, I wrote them down is just I, I feel like they're magical. When I think of a magical land, I think of fireflies, and Mm -hmm. I think of going uh, up north to Itasca. My family used to go up north to Itasca, get a little cabin near the start of the Mississippi, and then late at night, we would watch for the fireflies to start coming out, and we'd try to catch them in a jar.
1: Yes, there's an ethereal ethereal quality
0: to fireflies. totally.
1: And they have some really interesting folklore tied to them. Ooh, let's hear it. So much of it has to do with death and ancestry having a very hard time speaking today i haven't (laughs) spoken out loud to anyone until now (laughs) it's been weeks um it's it's been years um such as there's a japanese legend that lightning bugs are actually the souls of the dead
0: which i think is
1: like pretty beautiful Mm -hmm. i enjoy that uh there was a victorian tradition which any victorian tradition is one that i would like to adopt yeah um, that's a good rule of thumb. that if a firefly or lightning <laughs> bug got into your house, it meant that someone was going to die soon.
0: Oh, don't actually like that. No. One,
1: but- well, but the Victorians <laughs> were a bit dramatic and they like really liked to go all out when it came to like death and superstition. Yeah. Um, they were very big on it. And, um, so I, I wouldn't panic if that actually happens to you now, but that's kind of what they, they viewed it as. They needed symbolism all the time. Mm-hmm. It's like they they wish that they could live in our time now because they would just be having the time of their lives. (laughs) Um, Let's see. Okay, this last one. If you ever want to honor your ancestors in a ritual, it's recommended that you incorporate firefly symbolism.
0: I like that. I mean, yeah, fireflies are magical.
1: Yes. Um, Okay, so I also learned that there's a really practical reason that they light up. It's for courtship rituals. Oh, yes. This I knew, actually. So males flash to let the ladies know that they're looking for love and then the females respond with flashes to say that they're interested so there's like a little you know a little flash action going on (laughs) Uh, but here's my most favorite fun fact okay uh there's this pretty cool thing that fireflies do in only two places in the entire world there's a phenomenon known as simultaneous bioluminescence Mm. glowy things joey loves it. it So, this means that all of the fireflies, fireflies in the area sync up their flashes, so they all light up at the exact same time repeatedly all night long.
0: What? And this only
1: happens... Ooh, can I guess? ...in two places. Mm. So, you can guess.
0: I'm, I'm going to guess it's in a cave. Oh,
1: it doesn't get that specific.
0: Okay. I don't know.
1: <laughs> uh, one is Southeast Asia, like near Bangkok Okay. is one area. And then the other... Very interestingly, is at Great Smoky Mountains National Park.
0: Well, so I I think we are
1: headed to North Carolina. I think that might be where that is. Oh,
0: so here
1: we go. So anyway, I'm still talking about fireflies. Yeah, just for a few more minutes. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I if I hadn't researched the magic and the folklore of fireflies, I still have good reasons for them to be on my list, and that is the magical effect that they have on people. Me especially. So in my 30s. If I see a firefly, I still, like, feel that sense of wonder. Absolutely. Um, they're so unique, and they catch you by surprise, and I feel like they force you to smile. Have you ever seen a firefly, and it didn't make you light up? Pun intended.
0: No. It's always made me like, light Like, if up. you
1: don't smile when you see a firefly, that's, like, one of the five signs that you're a psychopath, <laughs> I think, because <laughs> it's It's documented just, like, evidence. It's, yes, it is. Yeah. It's along with, like, bedwetting and lighting fires and yeah. all of that. I, ju- I, I just don't, I don't know a single person that would see a firefly and not be, like, surprised and, like, delighted.
0: Yeah. I think it's because light f- is warmth. Yeah. Right? And so if there's a creature out there that can create its own light, that's pretty special.
1: Yeah. We have um, a street light on our block that when the bugs are flying near it, they're not fireflies, but they look like they are because, like, the light is reflecting on them. <laughs> so I pretend that they're fireflies. <laughs> Because I haven't seen a firefly in this neighborhood. No. It's been a while since I've seen one. All right. End firefly rant. Okay.
0: (laughs) That was number five.
1: That was my number five. That was impressive. They are all going to be like this. Okay.
0: (laughs) (laughs) My number five is the... um, Well, actually, you know what? I should probably just mention right out of the gate. If you go back and you listen to the animals episode, you will hear me talk about a special animal called a tardigrade, a water bear. (laughs) However... This is not an insect, so it did not make my list. The water bear? The water bear is appar- apparently technically not an insect because mm-hmm. I checked and it's not. It's yeah. its own family Okay, called the tardigrade family.
1: That is good to know.
0: Uh, or at that point, it's phylum. The people
1: know. would have been asking. They
0: would have been asking. Um, but if you don't know what a tardigrade or a water bear is, you got to go look that up because weird. they're awesome. Um, all right. My number five is the praying mantis. Oh,
1: the praying mantis is on my list too. Oh, it is. Oh,
0: awesome. Yes. Well, I've got a few facts of my own okay. about the Praying Mantis. Let's Aside from just being a general badass, which is why it's my number five, yes. let me tell you why it's a, a general badass.
1: Well, you probably have my fact.
0: Number one, it can swivel its head. It's apparently the only insect that can swivel its head.
1: Yeah, and it can go like 180 degrees around, yeah. which is super creepy. That's
0: that's crazy. The yes. only
1: insect. Hmm.
0: Yeah, that's wild. Isn't With- it weird
1: that we know this much about insects? That, like, there are people who dedicate their lives to watching Praying Mantis.
0: Yeah, that is crazy. It's really bizarre to me. Great vision. They can see in 3D, like us, right?
1: Oh, I was... I almost was going to ask what that means. That just is <laughs> what I can do. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that is what we do.
1: Sorry, um, I'm a little tired.
0: <laughs> they only eat live food. Oh. So that's pretty creepy, right? Most insects... A lot of insects, at least, eat bugs yeah, or um, eat leaves and things like that. But praying only mantises. Only live? Only live. Mm-hmm. And that includes spiders. These guys are so BA, they will eat spiders. <laughs> Not only will they eat spiders, they will eat some vertebrates.
1: Oh, my gosh. They
0: can eat hummingbirds. Catch and eat hummingbirds. Oh my God. They can catch and eat frogs. They can catch and eat lizards. That's
1: what their little punching bags are for. Yeah, little... they're like, yeah. They're really strong.
0: Um, they're also cannibals, though. The ladies. Yeah, that's pretty. It's pretty freaky.
1: Here's what I'll say about that: is that this only happens thirty percent of the time. Mm. So what happens is they may the the praying mantis mate, and then oftentimes the female, well, thirty percent of the time, the female will either like bite it, the male's head off or like a leg off and kill it and eat it. And so, because of this, this is one of my facts.
0: Uh, well, can I guess? Yes. It increases their survival rate so that they can pass on their genes to the babies.
1: Uh, That's not what I was going to say, but I'm sure that's true. (laughs) Um, Because of this, males have been observed by scientists to select, like, healthier-looking females. Like, fatter (laughs) females, basically. Because they feel like they have less of a chance of dying in the process of mating.
0: Oh, my gosh.
1: um, Which I think is really interesting. Or... So that could be the decision, or the decision could be, like, a bigger mantis might mean that they're healthier, which means they'll have healthier offspring yeah. or something. I like the idea that it's because they don't want to die, though.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Because
1: it's just like, I like the I lady being in the position
0: of power. <laughs>
1: um,
0: I got Masters of Disguise. Oh, tell right? me more. Because they can look like uh, a twig or a stick. Oh, yeah. Or they might look like Bark uh apparently this is brand new news to me but they will sometimes molt around the time of a forest fire so that they appear completely black and can blend in with the the burnt trees
1: that's interesting i always thought they were just green like leafy green oh leafy green well that
0: is one type is where they're green but some some of them look like flowers i do love
1: me a good stick bug
0: right yeah yeah praying mantis total b.a
1: Okay, is so it my turn yeah. to talk about praying mantis? Okay, so first and foremost, I just like the way that how they look. They oh, look yeah. very alien. I love that, but they're also very elegant looking. They are. Elegant, I think looking. like they're, they're, they're like they're very angular and like got like thin, interesting pieces to their body.
0: Yeah, there's there's a human element to them because of the arms and because they're standing on their their rear legs.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's it like looks they're, like they're standing up. They're almost. they're about to be woke.
0: Yes, they're like uh, insect centaurs or something (laughs) like
1: that. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Okay, so we already talked about the cannibalism piece. So in folklore, uh, they are associated with finding one's way. So I really like this. An old Arabic folktale tells of the mantis pointing towards Mecca. And an early French story indicates that a lost child could find its way home by following the directions of a praying mantis. And much like a compass, the mantis can be associated with the four cardinal points of a compass.
0: Hmm. This is a bad idea. Why? <laughs> I don't think you're going to find your way home following a praying mantis.
1: It's, I like the it's, story. It's folklore. It's folklore.
0: It's folklore. Joey. I'm just saying.
1: I don't think now in this day and age that we would need to rely on a pretty elusive bug I think you would probably just pull out your iPhone. (laughs)
0: Well, totally, in this day and age. But, for instance, one could maybe follow a moth and have reasonable success getting home.
1: You're going to bring you straight into a fire. (laughs) Okay, so the mantis represents reorienting yourself, gaining your bearings when you're lost, either physically or emotionally. And so, fun fact about what praying mantis means, the origins of the word. It comes from Greek, which means prophet or seer. Um, also represents spirit and passion so it's often viewed as a symbol of someone with clairvoyant abilities as well as someone who is a master of meditation which can you imagine like a little praying mantis sitting cross-legged and meditating it's, pretty it's just charming. like the cutest idea <laughs> he's like on a little tiny pillow <laughs> he's got like his little incense going maybe like has long hair and a beanie
0: that sounds fun i would watch a cartoon about that
1: um yeah, maybe I'll, maybe I'll be the one to make it. Alice 3. Yeah, it does seem like a praying mantis would show up in Alice in Wonderland a little right? bit. Yeah. yeah, so to sum this one up, I like how they look. I also like how I feel when I see them. Kind of like seeing a firefly, um, but far more rare. I feel like they just kind of like appear like a praying mantis. Like yeah. you don't always know that it's there until you notice it because um, they're like the master of disguise. But they also kind of feel like wise to me. Like, if, if it's, like, wise. presenting itself to you, I feel like they're trying to tell me something.
0: I mean, I've never seen a praying mantis in the wild. I have. You have? Yes. That's impressive. Thank you. Was that in Japan?
1: It was my spiritual awakening <laughs> when I saw the praying mantis. Um, but anyway, what that means was this also shows up in, like, in some Christian religions. If you find a praying mantis in your home, it may mean that angels are watching over you, which is also a nice thought. Hmm. I don't. I don't imagine... A praying mantis. Pray- seeing a praying mantis inside your house would be super odd. So I yes. would definitely be like, there's something at work here. <laughs> Especially here. Like, how would it even get in here?
0: That is a great question. I don't know how it would get in our house. <laughs> All right. My number four, lightning bugs.
1: Oh, great. Um, my number four, bees.
0: Well, that's my number two.
1: Oh my gosh. We have a lot in common here. I really thought that we wouldn't. <laughs> um, so. Quick, quick notes about bees. I know and,
0: there's so many bugs. This is, this is yeah, pretty surprising.
1: <laughs> bees in folklore. Right. Okay,
0: yeah.
1: Uh, they're associated with everything from death to abundance. So a lot of different variations of bee stories. But uh, they're best known for their magical properties, and they feature they're featured extensively in folklore from many different cultures. Um, a few legends are as such if a bee fly- <laughs> if a bee flies into your house it means that someone is going to come and visit you and if you kill the bee the visitor is going to bring you bad news and so
0: yeah the bad news is you just got stung
1: well no i was wondering like what what is a hornet is a hornet different from a bee
0: i think it's different from a bee
1: because we had two hornets in our house earlier this summer and i killed them both
0: yeah i don't like hornets
1: so, I'm just saying, good thing that it's, like, the time of the pandemic and no one is showing up to our house. So, we can't get any bad news. Um, but also, if a bee lands on your hand, it means money is coming your way.
0: If a, Oh, interesting. Okay.
1: And in Celtic mythology, the bee is a messenger between our world and the spirit realm. So, bees are associated with wisdom because of this. So, here's just my call to you all Mm -hmm. is to protect the bees because if that connection to the spirit world is lost we don't have an avatar here that's
0: exactly right
1: like we we don't live in in that world and so we need the bees uh because we don't want to be connect disconnected from the other side that would be bad that would be bad and it's like seems to be bees are bees are it that's all we've got (laughs) That's
0: all we've got left
1: Okay, okay, I've just got a couple a couple more things. Okay. Fun literary fact. <laughs> Hit me. Harry Potter fans, uh, J.K. Rowling named Professor Dumbledore for, do you know this?
0: No, I have no idea what you're going to say.
1: Uh, for an archaic English word related to bees. She said that when she was writing, she imagined the headmaster of Hogwarts wandering around the castle humming to himself, so she chose to associate his name with bees. Who? Professor Dumbledore.
0: I'm still missing how that's associated with bees.
1: Professor Albus Dumbledore, uh, one something in his name refers to an archaic English word related to bees. So it's either Albus or maybe Dumble or oh, I see. Dumbledore. We
0: we, we we aren't provided the... I'm not the...
1: provided the word.
0: Okay, I see. Okay. But. But something in there...
1: Something in there has to do with has bees. Has to do with bees. Okay, okay you're, you're raining on my parade No, here. I'm not. I'm yeah, sorry. I'm you sorry.
0: are. I was just... Yeah. I, I wanted to know if it was the... The Dumble. Oh! That's probably it. It Maybe it's the Dumble. I don't know. You know, Bumblebee? (laughs) Dumblebee?
1: Yeah. I I have no idea.
0: We don't know. We don't know. know.
1: And I saw it on a single website and didn't go any further than that. That's fine. Um I like bees. That's why they're my number four. I don't want to get stung by one. No. But if you leave them alone, like they only come after you if you provoke them. And that's what I like about them. They're hard working, they kinda keep to themselves. They know their purpose in life, and I really appreciate that. Like they know what they're here to do, and that's to make honey.
0: <laughs> honeybees.
1: Yeah. Well, okay, i yeah. yeah. I'm. I'm. When I think about bees, I'm mostly thinking about honeybees. You're thinking
0: about the hon- yeah. honeybees. Okay. I'm not
1: thinking about like the mean ones.
0: <laughs> um. So interesting, though. But I-, I feel like if you saw a bee, you would still get scared.
1: Well, I like avoid them because I want to give them their space.
0: Yeah. You're like s- you're it's, not, it's not
1: cool of me to go all up in their space yeah they don't come up in mine so why well they did that one time but
0: (laughs) that was probably it's the hornets the hornets and the wasps are the ones that come and invade your picnic and they want to sip your pop they want your turkey sandwich
1: the honeybees they're just trying to get shit done
0: (laughs) they're trying to make that honey yeah they're not sweet sweet honey yeah and
1: it's not for us like that's pretty presumptuous if we think that honey is meant for us but it is nice of them to share it with us
0: it's Pretty delicious, and the, yeah. the the making the the comb very impressive. I that is uh, just it's a It's like an, an
1: engineering feat.
0: Exactly, I was going to say it's Along a natural the lines wonder, a honeycomb of the pyramids, <laughs>
1: just like that.
0: It's yeah, it's kind of like that.
1: We're gonna raise honeybees someday, Joey and I.
0: I think that would be really. We're gonna fun. get
1: a, a whole uh, what's it called a flow hive,
0: a flow hive. Yeah, they're pretty inexpensive now. I'm excited. Pretty affordable. You can get your own.
1: Uh, we're not going to tell honey. any. Don't tell anybody yeah, about don't, this. Don't tell anybody. This idea. is what we're doing.
0: Okay. uh For my bees, I, I I chose the bumblebee because I just wanted to make it a little bit more specific. The dumblebee. The dumblebee. <laughs> exactly. I love their little furry bodies. Yeah, they're super cute. How you can kind of pet them. Yeah. Now, I, I, transparently, I have never pet a bee, but I've watched many videos of people petting bees, and I would <laughs> love to pet a bee. I think I'm just not. I, I keep thinking I'm going to get stung, but I just found out. Apparently, the males don't have a stinger and the females aren't aggressive so they don't really want to sting you. Yeah, see, I'm into that. I'm into that. Now, the bumblebees apparently they can sting you multiple times. Oh. They don't lose their stinger. That's only the honeybees that lose their stinger and you and die.
1: Wait, honeybees? Be- oh, jeez. Yeah. I see I don't know enough about bees.
0: So if the yeah, so if the honeybee does sting you, granted they're not going to uh, unless provoked, right? yeah But if you provoke a honeybee and it does sting you, then the stinger gets stuck, and the longer it stays in, the more it's going to hurt, and the more other honeybees are going to no- know to sting you.
1: Yeah, and then, yeah, it busts off in your hand or your body or whatever, and then the bee dies.
0: Yes, exactly. Now That's the honeybee. But the bumblebee, they can sting you multiple times, but I don't think they're going to. They no, don't want they don't to, have a and reason to. And half of to. them can't. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I really like that. Now that I know that the males can't sting you... I mean, you got a fifty-fifty shot that this thing isn't can't even hurt you. Yeah, I, those are good odds. Super friendly. Um, I found out they flap their wings two hundred times. Uh, oh shoot, did I write per minute or per second here? Don't know, but that's a pretty different answer. <laughs> I mean, it's it's got to be per
1: second. Gotta,
0: oh oh, what we oh no no per seconds way too fast. Yeah
1: yeah, it's got to <laughs> be per minute. It's got to be per minute. That's what I was going to say, but who
0: knows? Um, two other fun facts. They use their wings for air conditioning, their hives, if Mm. the hive gets too hot.
1: I bet it does get hot in there.
0: And then they can also use it. Do you remember the whole, um, like a few months back, the murder hornet thing?
1: Uh, Of course I do. Yeah, how can we forget? Best part of 2020.
0: (laughs) One of the other worst parts of 2020 (laughs) is the introduction of murder hornets, good times. But at least abroad, the bees, the way that they fight the murder hornet, is that they surround the murder hornet and then they all flap their wings and generate so much heat on the hornet that it burns the hornet to death.
1: Oh, my God. That's really hardcore.
0: That's I know, right? It's the only way that they can survive because the murder hornets otherwise can just, like, tear apart entire hives. Wow. But the the part of the reason the murder hornets are so bad for our region is because the bees have not learned this trick. So they just go in there and they get rid of all the bees. Yeah,
1: and they're just... They're just doing their thing. They're just trying to make that honey. They
0: just want that sweet honey.
1: Trying to make <laughs> the queen happy.
0: All right. So that was my number two.
1: Okay. So I, I'm i now on my number two.
0: Oh, you are? I okay. Think. Then I get my number three.
1: Oh, your number, yeah. You do your number three.
0: Great. Which is not the bee. It's a type of... I believe it's a type of wasp, which is the tarantula hawk.
1: Okay. Tell us about it. Yeah. Tra- I know all about it.
0: You do know all about it. So I saw the tarantula hawk for the first time on a... It was a night of a YouTube black hole. <laughs> you all know what I'm talking about. What a about. fateful night that yeah, was. Yeah, a fateful night. And it played the first 10 seconds of this video. And I know I've talked about him before, but of a Coyote Peterson video. <laughs> now, this guy is a bit, I would say he's a bit of a tool.
1: He's a D-bag.
0: Um, I don't know that he's not mean.
1: No, I don't think he's mean. Okay. I said he's a D-bag.
0: Well, I, okay, yeah. Different. They are different. There's nuance. There <laughs> um, <laughs> The technical term. Yeah, but he... He's yeah. just loud. He he can be obnoxious, but he's also educational. I don't mind it. Yeah, I don't so mind then it.
1: when you see him get stung, it's like... That's extra, the thing. It's like, that's the best part. So he works
0: his way through Shuts the Schmidt pain index, and they play this first 10 seconds of him getting stung by the tarantula's hawk, which apparently has one of the most painful stings on the Schmidt pain index.
1: Which you can find in... Um, Arizona,
0: and you can find yes, you can find the tarantula hawk in Arizona, and it's basically an excruciatingly painful sting for about five minutes, and then the pain goes away. So that's the nice part. Um, but those five minutes, it feels like there's a hot iron rod in the area where you just got stung. So to to watch this video of him go down, and they look so scary. They're they're super crazy looking. Yeah, they're huge. They're they look like there's the size of your finger. That's pretty scary. And and they're bright blue. And what they do, and this is extra scary, the reason they're called the tarantula hawk is because they get into fights with tarantulas. They go to the tarantula nest, they lure the tarantula out of the nest, and then as the tarantula gets up on its hind legs to go in, in for the kill to to kill the tarantula hawk, the tarantula hawk is faster and it stings the tarantula, paralyzes the tarantula, and then lays its <laughs> eggs in the tarantula's head and the eggs hatch into the live tarantula, which is just so awful. It's unimaginable yes. how so, metal nature can be and how terrifying <laughs> nature is for non-humans. It's yes. the worst. It's the absolute worst. So
1: so just to <laughs> to clarify... The tarantula hawk paralyzes the, the tarantula, yeah. lays its eggs on top of its head, and then they hatch, and then they consume the tarantula, the tarantula alive. alive. Yes. That is a bad That's a bad way. Day. That's about
0: the worst way I can possibly think.
1: Yeah, because you're just like aware the whole time that there's nothing you can do about it. <sighs> and you're just like, oh, God, there's like all these slimy eggs all over me.
0: Yeah, so that's mm-hmm. the tarantula hawk. Super scary, but uh, pretty hard to find, and they aren't going to sting you
1: yeah he had Unless to provoked. coyote peterson had to go to great lengths to find it first it took a couple days didn't it
0: yeah it took him a couple days and and he also had to dive into some cholla oh, yeah. uh, so jumping, then he had cholla, jumping cholla all over his arm um, <laughs> after he caught it yeah and, and then, then after then, that he had to grab it with forceps and you know push it took him it, a while push to, it into his arm
1: yeah to get to provoke it enough to get it to sting him. Yeah, but so, once it was
0: provoked, it was it's quite scary. It's
1: pretty unlikely that you'll ever get stung by one.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's good news.
1: Okay, cool. yeah. my number two is the scarab, Ooh. a.k.a. the dung beetle, mm. um, which is a gross name, but they dedicate their lives to rolling poop, so what can you say? Um, so for this one, we're traveling back to ancient Egypt, where they are prominently... On display uh, in ancient Egypt, the beetle, the scarab beetle, was well known as a symbol of the gods and eternal life. Okay, pretty neat symbolism there.
0: Picking up on a lot, of, a lot of these have pretty similar symbolism.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, folklore like there's yeah, all religions are basically the same. There's just like a different guy at the head Tweet. of it. And, like there's just like different <laughs> little tweaks. You know, it's just
0: like yeah. you
1: yeah. know, it's it makes you think. Hmm, hmm, hmm. Um, just about that, but. Uh, This one's interesting because they predominantly factor into legends, like, detailing creation um, of the Earth and the universe itself. So, in some tales, it's represented as Ra, the sun guide, and it's, like, rolling the sun across the sky, um, which is kind of, like, a cool image. But then it's just, like, is the sun, like, poop in that scenario? I'm not really sure what that's supposed to (laughs) represent. Um, Let's see what also... um, They are viewed uh a lot of people associate them with filth and disease because they're like rolling poo all day um but you don't say they also (laughs) represent new beginnings and creation (laughs) um so it's just funny how just like somebody decides one day that something represents something and then it's like passed down forever and it's still thinking
0: about the bee landing on your hand represents you're gonna get wealth that just seems extra random
1: but you know what? It's fun. It's fun. It's, it's fun, especially if it doesn't sting you and then you find like a dollar. Um, <laughs> it also represents immortality, resurrection, transformation, and protection in ancient Egyptian religions. Okay, yeah. So, yeah. this is all Egyptian I didn't even go into any other details, but I love the scarab because in the old mummy movies when it like burrows into the guy, oh, that, yeah, that was always crazy. just like the nastiest, grossest and they were like super creepy and like That's the way they the like heck out of me surround people. Me too.
0: Oh my gosh, that scares me so much. Even it still so gives much. me
1: like the heebies thinking about it, like crawling under your skin and like popping out your mouth.
0: Did you ever play uh, Aladdin for the Sega Genesis? No, I didn't. No.
1: Well, there there's, a, there's
0: a famous like when you go between levels sometimes there's this scarab that appears on screen that's all i can think <laughs> about right now is this golden scarab from the aladdin video game for sega
1: yeah so i think they look cool i like all of their interesting symbolisms which basically they represent <laughs> everything depending on how you feel in that moment but that's what's great about symbolism is anything can mean anything it's just personal to you. Yeah. So it's like, you see, it's like the tarot cards. Yeah. You read the tarot cards and it's like, oh, this is what that means to me. And it's all open for interpretation, which is what's fun about folklore. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, that sounds like a new podcast that you should start. A
1: folklore podcast? What's, what's
0: f- fun with folklore? Jen, <laughs> this is fun with folklore with Jen Del.
1: I don't know if I could speak like that. And I think that my issue would be, I can't be alone. No. no one wants to listen to me just ramble on for that long, do they?
0: I don't know. There's probably an audience for everything. Mm. Especially if it's fun with folklore.
1: I don't know if I have time for that, but I'll think about it.
0: Okay. All right. My number one and my winner is Ants. 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 Wait, have you not said your number one yet? No. No. Oh, interesting. I don't know how we got reversed here. But yes, my number one is Ants. For the purpose of this discussion, I'll be talking about the weaver ant, specifically.
1: Are they the ones that carry the grass?
0: Yeah. And leaves and stuff? Yeah, the grass and the leaves.
1: They're so hardworking.
0: Yeah, so ants, hard workers, uh, amazing architects, the tunnels in the ground, they've got different rooms for different purposes. I just think that's really amazing. Would you
1: say that they're like the bee of the earth? Sure, yeah. You know, there's like the tunnels and the, the honeycomb. There's like some parallels there. They both work hard.
0: They both have queens. Yeah, I guess that's a good point. They both have, um... What would you call it? I guess like a, a in a sense, a hive mind, so to speak. Yeah. You know, they they work as almost like a single organism in a way. While well, they each can do their own thing, they... It's all for the good of the colony. mm uh, For the good of the realm. For the good of the realm! Uh... So, just the sheer amount of ants, I think, is insane.
1: Just on Earth.
0: Just on Earth. Generally speaking. Yeah. Remember, the the weight of the ants is more than the weight of all humans.
1: Yeah, that is super weird and also so scary. We shouldn't be worried about, like, monkeys waking up. It's the ants. It's
0: the ants that are coming.
1: If, yeah, the ants are coming for us.
0: Were you there? Where were you the day they, the yes. ants came?
1: When, that, when the ants became enlightened, it was the day that humans ceased to exist. <laughs> and then thus the planet was ruled by ants. Planet of the ants.
0: Planet of the ants. No kidding. Uh, it's just really fascinating that there, uh, there's basically a constant huge war, wars going on between giant ant colonies at <laughs> all times.
1: It's like kind of like people...
0: It's kind of like people, yeah. It's we always need scary. to be
1: fighting about something.
0: So the the weaver ant specifically, more than just going underground, goes above ground too. It wraps up these, uh, you know, it finds a, a leaf that it can bend. And then they all get together and stack on top of each other until they pull the leaf down, connect it to another leaf. And then they use their uh, larva to spit out silk to <laughs> connect the leaves. And then they make these different little pockets of orbs of leaves that they can hang out in apparently they also spit acid which is crazy what <laughs> i didn't know that that's totally wacko. where does
1: one find a weaver ant
0: oh that's a good question in the rainforest what rainforest you might ask you might ask but you might go wonder Go ahead
1: and say amazon <laughs> i
0: would also guess the amazon but i don't know that
1: so we got to protect those ants
0: we got to protect those ants.
1: At all costs. When the, when the great war comes, we need the ants on our side. Indeed. <laughs> what great war, you ask? Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> okay, my number one. Are you done talking about ants? Okay.
0: I'm done.
1: <laughs> I really, I enjoyed it. Thank you. Mm. Um, my winner is moths moths and i am not moths? talking about the common cloth moth i'm not talking about the one that like bites holes in your sweaters i'm talking about the big bad boys <laughs> the gypsy moths the <laughs> luna moths how dare
0: you pick a moth over Atlas a butterfly
1: moths i have comments about that Just uh, hold, hold on oh, oh, the so guardian upset. tiger moths the polyphemus moth the eye hawk moth and last but certainly not least the african death's head hawk moth have you ever heard something cooler
0: than Admittedly, that? that's a series of words that I really enjoyed.
1: All I have to say is you need to look them up because they are, like, from another dimension. They are otherworldly beautiful, all of these moths. More
0: beautiful than a butterfly?
1: I think so. I think they're more interesting uh, because they're nocturnal. So, it's like your shadow, the shadow of the butterfly. Yeah. You know, prowls at night. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think they, they just seem like super, super wise. Um, and I feel like when you see them, it's kind of like the praying mantis. You're like, oh, like this moth is here to, to send me a message. So, on that point, let us get into some folklore. <laughs> um, an interesting thing is that because butterflies and moths are so similar, people feel the need to compare the two and pick a favorite. That's just like how the world works.
0: Is this in your notes? Yeah. This is hilarious because that's exactly what I just did.
1: Yeah, it's like lions or tigers. Like, you can't like both. You've got to pick one. Yeah, Coke or Pepsi. Yeah, exactly. So it's like moths or butterflies. Butterflies! And so for all of history, people have chosen butterflies. Yep. And they just dis- so they've chosen to like butterflies and dislike moths. So this boils over often into folklore where butterflies are viewed and represented as fairies and moths are viewed and represented as witches, mm. uh, which I just love. That is pretty cool. Uh, some interesting moth folklore. I could literally talk about moth folklore <laughs> for a very long time. I did a lot of reading about it.
0: You do have me wondering now whether I don't whether I'm preferring the butterflies because of the way the butterflies are or because of the- the way that society has told me the way butterflies are
1: yeah i mean wake up joey make your own choices but i think it's also because we don't see a lot of, of the beautiful moths that exist in the world we get the, the crappy gross tiny little ones that annoy us in the night That's and true. make our cats go crazy uh so here's some interesting folklore okay. certain types have been viewed as the bringer of death or an omen of death which reminds me of our <laughs> Mythical Creatures episode, episode 38. Um, I have a series affinity for the Grim Reaper, so then that just kind of made me like, oh my gosh, I want to learn more about this. Um, there are so many different types, and if one continues to reveal itself to you, it can like mean a lot of different things. So what I mean is, if you like see it somewhere, and then you see it somewhere else, it's trying to send you a message. Mm. Uh, so, for example, if you see a Luna Moth that represents intuition and spiritual growth.
0: Do you know what a Luna moth looks like?
1: Uh, I think it's like this really pretty blue color. Hmm. Um, it's really, really nice. You you'd like it. Um, there's also, this is not folklore, but there's a group of moths that are named after the fates, the Greek fates. I like that. And so it's like one is like, it's like all three of the sisters and they, I just think that's so cool. Um, So, despite the negative connotation, many people do believe that moths are angels, and if a moth flutters its wings, um, it means uh, that immortals are wishing you well. Or, like, people who have passed before you are trying to send you a message.
0: It's like the fireflies.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But they're, like, a little bit more interactive. (laughs) Um, Let's see. Because... um, Because they're so similar to butterflies, they have very similar symbolisms in dreams, but because they're nocturnal, if you see a moth in a dream, it's like a representative of like your shadow self and like trying to bring you into the light, Hmm. um, which leads to, um, like a moth to a flame because moths are attracted to light. It's like trying to push you towards the light. I see. Um, so if you see a moth in a dream it's you're probably in a dark place or there's like a dark situation. So you should see the symbolism that the moth is going towards and try and incorporate that into your life.
0: Oh, I see. Okay. Interesting.
1: Yeah. So I, after I, I was thinking about that, I was like a moth to a flame. Like, I wonder if there's some cool, like, like origin to that. And sadly there isn't, it's just literally that moths are attracted to the flame. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> but um, it became really popular in the 17th century. To, like, call someone a moth when they were, like, tempted. And then it ended up, like...
0: Not working presented- on yeah, burning it, them, yeah, they, so to speak.
1: They got burnt. Um, yeah. And so, it was first referenced, um, or the first known reference is in Shakespeare's The Merchant of Venice. Hmm. Um, where he says, thus hath the candle singed the moth. I like that. Which doesn't quite roll off the tongue like a moth to a flame. No. Uh, but nothing Shakespeare really did.
0: Metallica has a song called Moth to a Flame, like a moth to the flame.
1: Oh, yeah. That's a great, great tune. I bet it is, yeah. Is it about, like, finding the light or getting burned? No, I don't know. Is it about death?
0: They just say those words. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right, we'll have to check it out.
1: Uh, But generally speaking, I think moth symbolism is... I, well, I know Moth Symbolism is super complicated because there's a lot of contradictions, as is all symbolism. But it's just whatever you decide that it means is that, what it can mean. That's your sign-off. Um,
0: that's your sign-off for your fun with folklore.
1: Yeah, fun with folklore. <laughs> um, but I like the complexity. I like the symbolism. I like how different and unique each Moth variety is, and they're just
0: very cool. After today's episode of Fun with Folklore with Jen Delmo, we hope you took away... Your own personal story for what the moths mean to you.
1: Yeah, because I bet as we were talking about moths, people were like, I saw a moth once and this is how it made me feel. Exactly. You know, there's a lot of comfort in thinking that some of these bugs and insects represent like something spiritual or like the immortal souls on the other side. Like that, there brings some serious comfort.
0: I am with you there.
1: I think. So my number five was fireflies. My number four, bees. Bees. My number three, the praying mantis. My number two, scarabs, a.k.a. dung beetles. And my number one and my winner is moths.
0: I cannot believe we have three of the same bugs. I was
1: super surprised. I thought you were definitely going to have some type of spider. Or like I thought you would have um, one of those like woolly worm things. Or like a caterpillar.
0: Oh, sure. Oh, yeah. Like a little silkworm would be fun, or yeah. woolly worm. Ooh, see, now that you're saying woolly worm, I do love. I don't a know good if it's called worm. a
1: woolly worm, but it's like a, like woolly... a butterfly.
0: Like uh, a, a worm that turns into a butterfly. That's a caterpillar.
1: A woolly worm is just a fuzzy caterpillar, right? But does it turn into a butterfly?
0: I thought it turned into a butterfly. I, I don't it all know. It her.
1: wasn't on my list, so I didn't research it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, I could be very wrong. I thought they all turned into butterflies, and that might I might be totally mistaken. Oh,
1: that's a really excellent question. We'll never know. We won't, because we won't do any more work after I was, this How ends? is
0: butterfly not on my list? Plus, they've got the cocoon. That's so the cool. The chrysalis. The chrysalis, yeah. The cocoon is the moth version.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah, you didn't even mention the cocoon.
1: Yeah, I'd, I had other things to talk about. I was talking about symbolism and folklore. Oh, I didn't talk born. about how they're born.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, now I'm starting to think that that should... That that can be my number six. Butterfly? Yeah, butterfly. 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 Okay, my number five, the praying mantis. Number four, firefly. Number three, tarantula hawk. Number two, bees or bumblebees. <laughs> my number one and my winner is ants. Parentheses, the weaver ant. <laughs> I feel like we should mention that we ate con- cotton candy grapes, because that's my high of the week.
1: Oh, my gosh. Yeah, the cotton candy grapes are for sure the high
0: of the week. They taste like cotton candy when you first pop pop one in.
1: Yes, and the key to eating them is to not have too many at once, because after, like, three or four of them, it loses the cotton candiness.
0: Oh, so it's Just like, a couple. Or,
1: yeah, or just eat a couple, then wait, like, five to wait ten minutes, and then eat more.
0: Mm-hmm. Good times with cotton candy grapes.
1: Good tips. Hot tips. Great score.